Hello, I'm Speak Up Dana, your host for the Hilariously Unemployed podcast. These podcasts actually originate as LinkedIn audio events. It was very important to me that I have these events on LinkedIn because my ultimate goal is to get someone interviewed or hired through this podcast and the events. I think it's so hugely important that we're using a social media platform dedicated to professionals and career. If you would ever like to join us for a live recording, of the Hilariously Unemployed, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Dana Duckworth, and you too can ask questions of myself and my guests like you hear me reference in the episodes when I say I'm bringing somebody to this stage. All right, y'all, it's time for the show. Please enjoy the Hilariously Unemployed. I was uh, commenting on a post that I put up earlier this week because I am angling to get a celebrity guest, uh, part of the writer strike. So an entertainer and Stephanie, who's in the audience, she commented on there and said that she was working on something on Twitter for me because I don't have Twitter or X or whatever it is we're calling it these days. So she said she would do my bidding, which I greatly appreciated, which now I realize I have this whole entire community of people who have been doing my bidding and connecting me with guests and opportunities and things to help build this. And I need to come up with a name for them. So Rihanna has a Navy, Beyonce has the Beehive, and of course, Taylor has the Swifties. I was thinking maybe the Hillary's, like, or the Hilaries. I don't know. That would be a laugh break if I had a laugh track here. So <laughs> it's still in process. If you have any recommendations on what my community should be called, please slide into my DMs. I am looking for your creativity. All right, y'all. So enough of me babbling. You know the purpose of these audio events are to ultimately get someone interviewed or hired. So I like to bring on guests who are hilariously unemployed like myself. If you've never met me, I was laid off earlier this year. So that is why this venture is something that is so near and dear to my heart. I still don't have a job, but I have tons of opportunity. So today's episode, episode eight, because we've been rolling, features a very amazing guest. And I am so excited to welcome Jay Russ because when we connected, the energy was just off the hook. Like we had so much fun. We went way over time on our discovery call. Uh, we laughed so much. So I'm so excited to introduce Jay Russ to the show. And let me go ahead and introduce myself because there's a lot of new folks in the audience. I'm your host, Speak Up Dana, aka The Big Speaker. <laughs> and I'm excited to welcome you to this thing. But you're here to hear from Jay Russ. So Jay Russ is a seasoned strategic HR partner, a global people ops leader, a passionate DE&I and culture advocate. And truly, her journey has taken her through the vibrant world of startups. When I say vibrant, I really mean rocky. Uh, she has history in community outreach and engagement to support the youth. And we're going to call her the startup queen of Durham, North Carolina, where they're having that tech startup uh, bubble there. So, Jay Russ, uh, with all of your million skills that you had that at once paid the bills, no longer do because you're hilariously unemployed like me. I'd like to welcome you to the show. So happy to be. I like the Hilaries. Hilaries took me to politi political stuff. Okay. The yeah. The Hilaries. We'll just have to do some pronunciation, you know, <laughs> things in there so that people know it's the Hilaries. I like it. We're rolling. 
Well, J. Russ, thank you for coming on to the platform today and also troubleshooting me through that little Zoom meltdown. I would like to start the way that I like to start all of these episodes. You are a two-time unemployment champion, so you're not new to this. You're true to this, and I hate that for you. But how long have you been hilariously unemployed this go-around? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I first, before I answer that question, want to just say I so appreciate the delight and fun you bring to this topic because, as you know, it can feel shocking and embarrassing and like shameful but to have people like you who are like helping us giggle through it and connect and like share our networks during rocky transitions just is really delightful so thank you um, and my um my most recent layoff or like impact was in may so i have been hilariously unemployed since may oh you definitely got me beat my end date was june 30th so i don't know if that's better or worse but <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us about the first time you were hilariously unemployed, and then we'll get into your current situation. Yeah, for sure. So in October of 2021, mm-hmm. um, I joined actually the largest startup that I had been a part of. Most of the startups that I've been a part of have been like a handful of people, like five, 10 folks, and I've helped grow. Mm-hmm. But in October 2021, I joined a team that was around 200. And we were in the process of doing a series C raise, which is just like a fancy way of saying we were raising some venture capital funds. Correct. And our goal was, or I was brought on because the, just the way that the documentation and organization of the people ops department was a, a little bit messy. There were folks from about six different countries. We were using six different systems. We had no real like source of truth for like how many people were there on any given day. (laughs) And so I came in, was wanting to create a healthy foundation to scale. And our goal was to say like, let's go from 200 to 600 overnight as soon as we make this raise. Wow. So um, it was like crazy cool opportunity. Like a lot of startups, unfortunately, it didn't end up happening. So we were trying to make that um, series C um, venture capital raised for about a year. And um, nine months after I joined, we um, had some massive layoffs. So that's that was the first situation. Wow. So from extreme growth as the plan to like extreme reduction. Unfortunately, yeah. And the people there to implement on the extreme growth were, of course, impacted. Is the organization still standing or was it a complete like dismantling of the startup? Yeah, the organization is still standing and um, like a lot of tech tools, some of what you're doing at the beginning is really trying to figure out like where your product market fit is Mm -hmm. and how you can really supercharge what your tool is doing and share that with the right people. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when you have a huge reduction in what you expect to come in from a financial standpoint, that takes a huge hit, but the technology is freaking amazing. So like eventually when they get the funds, they'll be able to grow again. And I really think that tool will, will take off and be really valuable to different types of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, right now, it's a pretty tiny team. Would you go back? Not to that team. We're getting hilarious over here, folks. 
Okay, so we're talking more recent, but I want to go back a little bit. So you are obviously an HR wizard. Why you want to be a people ops global leader, I don't know, but I do love people in the organizations as well. I know that you work with children and community engagement. And also you told me that you volunteered, you you lived in a volunteer house in Ethiopia. Like, can you just explain to us what that was like and then also how it shaped your career? I'm sure it lended itself to you being this culture and DEI advocate. Yeah, for sure. So I'm sure there are people listening or out there in the world who get jobs by filling out an application and then like getting called out of the blue. I've never been that person. I would love to get a job that way at some point. But um, my time in Ethiopia started out very similar. I was in, I graduated from UNC. So go Tar Heels. Okay. Um, Had been meeting during my senior year with a couple women who we were just trying to figure out like what was next for us. And we were um, about to graduate and we, it was this, kind of the universe opened up an opportunity where each of us had been told about this particular home in Addis, which is the capital of Ethiopia. And we were, we ended up connecting with this gentleman who ran essentially a volunteer home where you got placed in the community based off of your passion. So I really love kids and I really love photography. So I actually Mm. got to work with two different communities of um, kids who didn't have parents Mm -hmm. and teach photography. I had people who like, sent me over there with a ton of disposable cameras because I'm old. Um, (laughs) I got to teach English and teach photography and spend time um, being a bit of a physical jungle gym to lots of little little (laughs) kiddos. Um, And that was amazing. Um, And when we, I know a lot of folks in your um, network and in my network as well are excited about DEI work. I feel like that really set the foundation for me Mm -hmm. because I got to meet people like I was living in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, but Mm -hmm. the people I was interacting with were from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so getting to spend day to day, like hour to hour, you know, I was there for about a year. Um, building trust and building like a sense of belonging community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people who had so many different experiences. I became really close with people from Israel and from um, Nigeria and obviously from Addis and like all over the world. Um, I think that just gave me that like enriched my life in such a big way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such a transformational power in learning from people who come from different languages and cultures and life experiences. And so that relationship focus really has been a theme throughout my life of how I've transitioned jobs and careers and mm-hmm. um, where I've really focused my energy. Man, when I tell you exposure to different cultures will really help you um, expand your horizons, expand your mindset expand your learning like anytime I can go anywhere that is not you know directly here I just learn so much even if I'm going to another city another state and specifically when I'm going out of country there is so much to take in and our world can seem so tiny but it's really not when you get out there and see it so I love that you have that experience 
All right, let's get to the nitty gritty. So we talked about this whole startup thing that is happening in Durham, North Carolina, and you being the self-proclaimed queen of the startups because you were running around there hoping to build up things. But for some reason, you were recently laid off. So tell us that story and why you are hilariously unemployed. Yeah, um, so I'll jump back a little bit. After mm-hmm. Ethiopia came home, um, was able to jump in and start um, kind of from the, the ground level leading some community development programs. I did a lot of engaging like neighborhood-based work around literacy and mentorship and empowerment. And that really shaped my approach to how I focus on building trust quickly and organizing and making strategic plans in the people team space in the startup world. And so I did that for the first decade of my career. And a really good friend was kind of helping me navigate some burnout that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I, I that was one of the probably second or third times I spent a good chunk of time in therapy and was like, what is going on? Why am I so professionally unsatisfied? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing what I'm loving. Why do I hate it? <laughs> And he told me, like, it seems like what you naturally focus on, things like innovation and metrics and productivity and efficiency, that's probably better suited to the for-profit space. Yeah. And I responded so negatively. (laughs) I will never sell out to the man. I will never (laughs) that's like harming other humans and just really was negative towards his comments. And then like most of the times when we talk, I realized, oh, he was really correct. Yes. And he introduced me to the startup space. Mm. So I, I found this community in Durham of unbelievable innovators who are like so passionate. They want to change the world in different ways. It just looks different than what I was familiar with. And so um, I, I love that you're you're saying startup queen. I think I'm like the startup um like the implementer, like the right hand woman queen, because <laughs> I have not done, I've not um, started any startups of my own, mm-hmm. but I love coming in, pairing with the visionary and really like helping in any way I can to, to supercharge whatever's going on. And so um, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but basically I've been at uh, four different start or five different startups now. Um, and most recently, uh, after that layoff in 2022, I started, uh, while I was looking for jobs, I just did some consulting with some friends mm-hmm. and um, I was helping them with everything from like onboarding to creating a strategic three-year DEI plan to mm-hmm. doing um, all kinds of different, very people and culture oriented activities. Mm-hmm. And I was able, I got an offer to do consulting with a salary, which that's what I want. <laughs> okay. Like Come on now. Yeah. I don't like, like, I'm so empowered by, or I so appreciate people who are like, I want to leave my own company. I want to do my own thing. And they can like, Hunt for their next client. Let me just tell you, it's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) That's not me. That's not me. Let me help you hunt, but I need a I need a consistent paycheck. And so, um, this was a really cool opportunity to work with a local company that has a international footprint. Mm -hmm. And they brought me in along with a kind of a a startupy type deal. It was not a it's a full blown like you know 
15,000 people organization, Wow! but they were starting something new where they were saying, Hey, let's bring in, uh, people ops consultants, pay them salaries, and then we'll, we'll, um, place them places, which was amazing because I could do that trust building that like discovery of what people needed Mm -hmm. really make it and then jump to the next thing, but not have to worry about money. Yeah. And so I did that for, um, a good chunk of time. Um, some of us were testing that out. We were all placed for a while and then, um, the placement stopped. I, I, I would attribute some of that to startup money. I would attribute some of that to just the, you know, the overall economy just in the world yeah uh, awesome opportunity but um i ended up having my second layoff there um just because the clients um weren't there unfortunately so effectively like they were taking hr out of house or their clients did not have hr in-house and you were supporting them with hr processes while they became bigger companies that could eventually have their own HR teams. Is that correct? Yeah. Sometimes it was that situation. Other times, like we work with one international company that um, they were unfamiliar with American um, business law and employment law and how Mm -hmm. things worked. They actually needed to close down a whole um, side of their business, but because they were from a different country with very, very, very different and unique laws there, Mm -hmm. they brought us in to help them with their reduction in force project, which doesn't sound like an exciting thing, but it was like, oh my gosh, we get the opportunity to coach seasoned business leaders on how to help people like transition with dignity. You know, we were able to like advocate for their staff and help them figure out what would it look like to appreciate these folks for helping with this research and development project, yeah. but then also like let them know that there's not a job there anymore. So, so opportunities like that, there was another team that I worked with who um, they were preparing for an IPO mm-hmm. and they had a small HR team, but they had a very aggressive hiring plan. And so legitimately I came in and brought in a team and said, okay, what do we need? How can we build up the plan? How can we go from, we're not doing any hiring to like, we want to triple the size of the team. And we were able to do that really quickly and help them prepare for a smooth IPO. Um, sometimes the team didn't have any HR or sometimes their HR or people teams may have been on like, you know, two or three people may have been out for maternity leave or something mm-hmm. like this, but it was really whatever folks needed. Um, we were able to jump in it and help and, and be a little bit more of a high level resource, mm-hmm. but not commit to like a full time, um, you know, W2 employer. That sounds like a very effective business model um, because different situations do arrive, arise in different organizations and they need some additional support. So just having a whole army of consultants who can go out and do that work sounds like an amazing business strategy. But I will ask you the same question I asked you when you told me about your first layoff. Would you go back? I'm ready for my next (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you told me something when we talked that you spent a little bit of time um, as a BDR. And how that was just not your love language. What was the turning point for you that told you like, hey, this is not for me. I do not like this. Get it away from me. <laughs> yeah. So when we were talking, I was um, I was talking about like business development inside of the consulting space that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I love sharing what other people are up to. I love promoting things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I- 
don't really love self-promotion. It's not my favorite thing. And so when you talk about business development, I was really saying like, I took a, a, a stab at trying to do business development for my own personal consulting business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized like, gosh, the emotional energy that it takes to promote myself is not something that I want to commit to long-term. So like right now I have two different um, clients that I'm working with for a consulting basis that came to me because they know me and they needed the type of um, help that I could give them. Mm-hmm. But I do not want to be the person who's like developing the strategies to bring in new clients. That's just not what I'm <laughs> and not what I enjoy. It's not professionally satisfying. It actually like drains my tank like no tomorrow. Oh <laughs> man. Well, as the queen of self-promotion. <laughs> I am different from you in that way because I'm going to tell you everything I have going on always and share it with you. And it's really helping. Yeah, we all have our own things and that is okay. And that is why you put people around you who are really solid at other things. So you don't have to be. So you've been promoting myself on your LinkedIn with your uh, tons of connections and I could not be more thankful. I'm also thankful that you just popped into an episode of the show. I was like, oh, I needed this. This is great. <laughs> I would be on this. And I'm like, thank you. You are amazing. So I really appreciate that this whole thing is becoming a community of hilarious. It's amazing. How did it? I, think it's so fun. I mean, it was totally thanks to the LinkedIn algorithms. Yeah. I don't know who is in charge of that kind of thing, but legitimately, it was just like a suggested event on a day where I was feeling kind of bummed and I was like, hilariously unemployed. That sounds like a pick me up (laughs) and your energy is so fun. And like I said, you make a season that can be very difficult, like actually really enjoyable and delightful. So (laughs) I'm just as thankful. Yeah. We're making our way through it. Hey, whoever's in charge of those LinkedIn algorithms, like do that again for uh, a thousand more people. Thank you. All right, J. Russ. So what is the secret sauce to kind of surviving and thriving in a startup ecosystem? Because it's not easy, folks. If you've never worked in a startup, let me just tell you. Oftentimes, startups are referred to like an MBA in a bottle mm-hmm. because you get to wear so many different hats and learn things so quickly. Um, so I personally most enjoy the people business partner function, mm-hmm. right? Being a strategic partner to the executive team, employee engagement, performance management, like ways to build up teams in powerful ways to help them like flourish and work. But because I was at very early stage startups, five, 10 people Mm -hmm. when they started, I got the chance to like learn incredibly new things all at once. And so um, I really enjoy that. And and if you're someone who's like, I want to be siloed, I want to focus on accounting, I want to do this one thing all day long, and I like that. It's not for you. No. But like for me, I was able to start customer success programs. I've been a SaaS product owner. I've hired an entire software team kind of overnight. Mm -hmm. I've run sales operations. And I had no specialization in any of those things. (laughs) I was just eager. I was a part of a co-working community where there were other people who knew what they were doing and I could spend time with them and ask and like start something on our end. Um, Once you get to like, that was more on like the seed round of funding, series A round of funding. Once you get to like the series B, C, and D, there's a lot more opportunities to specialize and grow teams. So you're not having to wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. But I think um, being open to kind of owning all kinds of different things, depending on what the current goals are, is really special. 
it's also a place where like the alignment around goals is rather magical. Part of that is because you have a small team and you don't have very much time or money to play around with. Correct. So you have to be aligned. But to me, having that alignment across the company of like what our priorities are and what we're focused on and like the North Star, that's super life-giving and professionally satisfying. And so um, if anyone's excited about those kinds of things, then they might be. They might want to try their hand at a startup. Yeah. I mean, I love startup culture just because you get to see things actually play out. Like you get to come up with an idea, watch it be implemented, watch it grow, watch it become a part of the product or a part of the organization. And it's really hard to do that and have that level of impact from the ground level and really large organizations. So I do enjoy startup culture for those reasons. And also it's just you have the time and the uh, ability to connect with people and learn different things. Like you said, you learned so much and you wore so many hats. You really can shape your own path when it comes to a startup because literally they're starting up and they need everything. So if you find that you really enjoy doing something and you raise your hand for that, nine times out of 10, they're going to let you because they haven't started it up yet. So if you are a person that enjoys that type of thing, then startup culture may be for you. But I will warn you, you might end up hilariously unemployed like us. (laughs) (laughs) True that, true that, Okay, so... uh, What's cool about the startup space is, like you said, the level of impact you can feel on a day-to-day level is so strong. I remember when we were building out our teams, a lot of folks who were a part of much larger organizations where they felt like, I'm a cog in a wheel. I'm not making any impact on the day-to-day. Those are folks who are most attracted to what we were doing because they're like, I want to have meaning in my work. I want to do something where I'm contributing and I know that it's going to help the bottom line. And like, that's not even an option at a startup. Like it's a, it's, it's a expectation. <laughs> yes. And so I think that can be really powerful and really meaningful. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I would be remiss if I did not use you for all of your HR wizardry. Um, and as you know, it is my goal to get somebody hired or at least interview, but we're going to shoot for the stars. I know I can get somebody a job somewhere at some point. So if you're listening and you have one and any of my previous guests or myself <laughs> would be a great fit for an opportunity, because honestly, I don't think I want to be an employee right now. This thing has gotten really, really good. But we are here to help those who are hilariously unemployed for whatever reason that may be. So can you give us some of that professional HR sauce, some of those tips, those tricks, those resources? But first, before you do that, I do have a question because I did a reference for someone the other day who is in need of a job. And do y'all really check those? Do they really matter? Do you read what I wrote on that reference? When you call these people, because I'm giving you, I'm giving you my best people if I'm doing a reference. I'm not giving you nobody that didn't like me. (laughs) So they're going to tell you, yes, she's fierce. She's amazing. She can do the job. She's solid. What is your take on the employee references? That's a great question. So it really depends on the culture and policies of the company. Mm-hmm. So I personally found that um, I never check references until I'm really like about to hire someone. Mm-hmm. They may have um, gone through the whole process and 
as a hiring manager, I'm going to want to call the reference, not with the purpose of like, is this person a good hire or not? Because (laughs) in the process, I already know I want to hire them. Mm -hmm. I'm more wanting to learn like, hey, can you tell me what's going to motivate this person? Can you tell me some things that maybe were their growing edge? Can you Mm -hmm. tell me like, what advice could you give to me as someone who's going to be working daily with them of like, what has already worked? You know, how can, how can I not reinvent the wheel with this person? Mm-hmm. I think that's the best use of, res- of of your time when you're talking to references. A lot of larger organizations, it's a legal like, hey, we need to check the box because if we do get sued in the future, this is something that we need to have on record. Um, but if you're going to use them in a way that's actually really impactful, I think it's giving the hiring manager more education on how to best leverage that person's skills, how to help them really flourish at work, learn more about like how they handle conflict and what projects they've done well at. So that when they jump into the role day one, you know, you have more information about how to like better empower them or better equip them to do their best work. Yeah, that's a great outlook on it. So I'm used to doing the references where it's like, what's this person's strength? What's this person's weakness? Will they be on time? Um, (laughs) Do they have a history of absences? It's like, I'm never going to tell you that. Obviously they picked me because they knew I would speak highly of them. So I just wanted to know your take, but I guess it is an opportunity for you to get to know that candidate a little bit deeper based on who they put down for that reference. What I love is when somebody has a mentor on there, um, which is what the reference I was doing the other day, I'm considered a mentor. Who knew? (laughs) Um, That one. I know. Jay Rice, you are funny. I was like a mentor. Okay, we'll, we'll roll with it. But I like that because as a person who has supported that person throughout their career, I'm, I just felt like I could offer some additional insights. Plus, right. I'm I'm really sick with my words. So I feel like that job is jobbed. <laughs> Yeah, what I've seen from you, I would totally agree. I'm like, this lady needs the right content for me. (laughs) Not saying that I got them the job. Just saying that if that was the last straw, we definitely made it over that hump, okay? So let's get into some tips, some tricks, and some resources for those who are on this endless journey of apply, deny. We're sorry to inform you. We regret. (laughs) Jerry Rust, are you with me? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can okay. hear. Oh, okay. I love technology. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want me to run with that one? Yes, please run. So, a friend of mine, I was talking with him yesterday, and he said that he's currently in a season of life where he's following his enthusiasm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to write that all mm. over my mirrors because I love that. Um, I think that most people, um, in at least what I'm seeing on my LinkedIn, uh, you know, timeline, mm-hmm. they're just applying to hundreds and hundreds of jobs and yeah. are frustrated that they can't get anyone to call them back. Like the idea of even getting a rejection email seems to be delightful because mm-hmm. most of the time you put it out into the ether and you're like, I wonder if anyone even saw that. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of following your um, enthusiasm is giving me life right now. Mm-hmm. I would say, similar to how you and I got connected, like 
networking can be like a gross word sometimes, but could you think about it as just like connecting with people who give you life? Could you think about learning a yeah. new skill that you wanted to, to have that you haven't had? Like, for example, the first time um, during my first unemployment stint, I took a people analytics course and it was so amazing. I learned so much. Um, now I'm studying to get my um, SHRM senior certification. Mm -hmm. I also think that um, this is a little bit less practical in terms of like your next job. But I think focusing on your mindset is one of the most important things I've been doing in the last few months. Legitimately, I sat down and was like, what are these limited beliefs that are holding me back? Like, mm -hmm. could I make a list of my fears of the things that are, I, I keep like getting stuck on. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what are the empowering beliefs that I could believe instead? And then legitimately made a list of affirmations. And like uh, a woman that a coach that I've been talking to, she was like, you say those affirmations right before you go to bed. And as soon as you wake up, because that's kind of when your subconscious meets your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And like, really, we could focus on like transforming our limited beliefs into empowering beliefs. So that is something that from the last time I was an unemployed to this time has made a huge difference. Because the amount of times I beat myself up um, mm -hmm. emotionally, mm -hmm. last time was just overwhelming. I'm like, I can't do it the same. So I think focusing on my mindset um, has been the biggest, not really a trick, but the, the most important thing I've done to adjust the way that I'm seeing opportunities. Yeah, that's really important. That's really important. Like the, the mental gymnastics are <laughs> exhausting. And um, my Hillary, one of my Hillary's, uh, Stephanie, again, she tagged me in a post that someone posted earlier. And it's, it says, lessons learned. One, you can be the best candidate and still not get selected. Two, if you didn't get the job, it was never meant for you. Three, you weren't rejected. You were redirected. Four, your value does not decrease based upon someone's inability to see your worth. And five, believe in yourself and keep trying. The right door will open for you. So thank you for sharing that with me, Stephanie. I appreciate you. And hopefully my audience can get something from that. And J. Russ, you can go ahead and send your girl that uh, list of affirmations so I could copy paste. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah like I think we should put Stephanie's um her post and then I'll post my affirmations in the um the event in LinkedIn because it seems like when I talk about it I'm like this seems kind of silly but <laughs> legitimately as I was kind of finalizing the words that I wanted to say multiple times a day I sat up taller I felt like more excited about who I am I like legitimately I was like talking to my partner and I'm like giggly and like, oh, yes. <laughs> we feel good. Um, yeah. You know, one of them is um, I'm unique and creative and fun and anyone would be lucky to hire me. That's a fact. So, and that's about me. So yes. I mean, to find like one of the cool things about our minds is that we, we look for evidence mm -hmm. to support our beliefs. So like really what would it be like if I'm looking for evidence that supports that I'm unique, creative, and fun, and anyone would be lucky to hire me, rather than, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, I, um, so I'm, I'm trying to, to find new new kinds of evidence in my <laughs> life. <laughs> okay. Now, the positive self-talk, I'm here for it, but we have to talk about, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> the freaking circus 
of getting an employment unemployment check and what that whole process is like for us. I actually, I wasn't going to tell y'all, but I got in trouble with them because I did not submit <laughs> the right amount of jobs for one of my weeks that I filed. And they were like, oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> now you must go to this mandatory course where we tell you all about how to file and you must send us a paragraph about your job search. And I'm like, y'all, I'm busy trying to work. <laughs> so unemployment is an absolute circus. It gives me complete angst and anxiety when I have to file so much so that I will wait like two weeks to call in a week before, like to get the money. I mean, I know I need the money, but my brain is just like, I cannot answer these questions because I feel anxiety every time they ask me, were you available to work? I mean, yeah. Were you willing to work? Obviously. Uh, <laughs> so can you tell me about that whole process out there in Durham? Because I know you mentioned that there is an app that gives you hell. Girl, I like am over. You can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head and like, it's unreal. So for those of you who haven't had <laughs> the experience of applying for unemployment. Don't recommend. <laughs> Zero out of five stars. Yeah. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Would not strongly recommend to apply. Um, every state is different, which makes it also frustrating because it's like, Dana, my experience, those questions are different for me. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I cannot help but think about, and this is just a little bit of me of a rant of like, my coworkers who were let go in Spain and in France and in mm. Europe, all over Europe, have such a different experience yeah. than we do here. Because in Spain, for example, where I know a lot of the employment law, the assumption is that the employee has rights and the employer is responsible for any like negative things going on. And it's kind of the opposite here. Mm -hmm. Here it's like, okay, we'll give you unemployment, but you have to work your butt off. Mm -hmm. And I am an educated native English speaker who knows technology, who's helped create technology from the mm -hmm. ground up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is hard for me. Yeah. Imagine being someone who's not a native English speaker. Imagine being someone who's not as comfortable with their their phone. I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. So in North Carolina, you have to, um, there's so many things that are hilarious about it. Okay. I have, I have a pretty I'm not working a minimum wage job, right? Like mm -hmm. I've got a support system. I have a partner. Mm -hmm. I got a family. Something happens. But six to eight weeks until you get any money. Yeah. Is and then for me, I don't know why, but for me, it took 10 weeks before I received a dime. Wow. And for us in North Carolina, it's different in every state. But for us in North Carolina, the most you can get a week is $350, mm -hmm. which isn't nothing. But like the amount of effort I put for that money, and I didn't even get that much because I wasn't at my most recent company for long enough. Wow. So I mean, that, and the amount of work that you put in is absurd. But you asked about the app. So the app legitimately, this cracks me up. So you have to submit, you have to file a report weekly mm -hmm. explaining like you were saying, like, were you available to work? All this kind of stuff. But every single day, the app turns off, like you can't log in between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. No, 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 11 and 3 a.m., 11 p.m. and 3 a.m., mm -hmm. which is fine. Okay, you do it during the day. The funny thing is, the way that they send out their um, push notifications on your phone is that every day at midnight is when they remind you to send notifications on your phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't do it right now, but we want you to do it at some point when we get our app together. So it's like, hey, you gotta do this, but you can't do it in the next four hours. Like, it's so absurd. So there's that dynamic. Apparently someone's working. Technology is not our friend here at the Hilariously Unemployed today. I think you're back. Just unmute. And audience, you all can start to raise your hands if you have any questions. Oh, we've lost j Rose completely. But go ahead and raise your hands if you have any questions or like to chat with us once we get to that point. j Rose, you're back. What's up? So apparently the unemployment app is just as incredible as my internet today. So. Basically, they both came from the same store, the dollar store. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you need help with unemployment, oh, talk to a friend in your... Yeah, in your state that's done it before because it's a mess. It truly is a mess. It's a headache. And they make you feel like you're not doing enough. Like, hey, I'm not going to take that job offer. That's not even in my realm. But it's like, did you turn down any offers? Well, yeah, because that's not what I want to do. Like, Well, actually, I got no offers and have not received a callback from any of the applications that I've done. Um, But... <laughs> questions is so they ask you like you said are you available to work or were you available to work during this week mm -hmm. and obviously it's like yes I am available to work please hire me but then another question is were you able to work yeah and I'm like does that mean was I physically able right or does that mean did I actually accomplish getting some work done and every time I answer that question I'm like crap I don't remember which way to answer it that's the anxiety <laughs> right because right? <laughs> if you get it wrong they're gonna be like no you're not getting paid. Oh, you can file an appeal. There were two times when I answered it incorrectly. Mm. And I had to go through, like, it's a legal process. Yeah, you have to do an appeal. Go, Yeah, have an appeal. And it's like a legal process over the phone. It's mm -hmm. rather intimidating. They make you do, like, your Miranda rights or whatever. <laughs> they, make you, they make you put your hand up and swear to them that you're selling them. And I'm like, I just want money, please, because I'm poor. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I oh. see some hands coming up and going down, y'all. Keep them up. Keep them up. We'll get you onto the stage, please. We'd love to hear from you today. All right. All right. We've got quite a few. Welcome to the stage. All right. Stephanie, come on up here and speak to us. Um, hey, everyone. <laughs> loud and clear. You are mic check one tood. All right, all right. Well, it's so nice to hear from you, Jessica, because I know I've seen you as a fellow Hilary. Mm -hmm. What did we decide on? Yeah, Hilary. Mm -hmm. A Hilary fan over the last few weeks. So it's nice to hear from you. I wanted to comment on what you were saying about the unemployment application process. In Arizona, the question is specifically, were you physically and mentally able to work? Mentally, no. <laughs> and I was like, I say they should have maybe separated those. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with that. They should separate those. <laughs> oh, that's what I was like. Hmm. And then this, like, I actually have a question, but I think it could be its own episode. Mm. I wanted to like especially Jessica with your HR background, I wanted to get your guys' feelings on peer interviews because I've had some interesting experiences <laughs> this go-round. 
And uh, I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were. That's all. I just was throwing that out there. I like peer interviews if I feel like I could get the peer to keep it real. Like, tell me the dirt. Give me the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> And I Fair feel like enough. I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at getting the dirt and the sauce out of people. So for me, it's cool. Um, but it also is challenging because what if they don't like you? They don't want you to come and work there and get that job. So now you're hilariously unemployed again, you know. Right. Maybe they appreciate that you're unemployed. Maybe they don't appreciate how hilarious you are. I don't know. It's, I, it's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> it's a very interesting dynamic. We definitely got to unpack that a little bit more. I do. I know, like it's a whole, a whole nother episode. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being hilarious today, ladies. I will uh, bow out now and listen to the rest of the crew ask their questions. Thank you so much, Stephanie. All right. Welcome to the stage. I think I. There you go. Hello. I'm on mute. Hello. Hello. Can you say your name for me? I like to recognize you in the best way, please. Thank you so much. My name is Maroc. Um, and I am also a startup HR people person. So mm -hmm. lovely to be here. This is my first time finding myself in this community. And I have been hilariously unemployed since February. Whoa. Um, whoa. Whoa. Time. She got a beat, um, J-Rock. I have some, like, my my experience navigating unemployment has been so ridiculous. Um, I live in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. and Pennsylvania does this nifty thing where if your job title is a VP, they recognize you as a corporate officer and deny you your unemployment benefits. Whoa. So when I filed in March, <laughs> I did not get my unemployment until... What is this? September, August? Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I needed to go to a hearing and I had to sit in front of a person and I needed to like submit several like follow-up claims. What? And I needed to fight for my six hundred and five dollars. <laughs> That's more than we getting down here. But yeah, that was a lot. At least we got our sooner. So Yes, PA is a very interesting beast when it comes to unemployment. Um, but just no, that know, is so much time. It, exactly, I'm so I was sorry. It's 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 okay. I'm surviving. I'm trying to keep a positive attitude. Um, very similar to the affirmations, I need to tell them to myself often. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just a very difficult space to navigate. And then being on the people side, JRS, I'm sure you can relate. All you see is people, people being laid off. Yeah, all the time. Like everywhere you go, every time you're on LinkedIn, it's like another mass layoff of people in the people space. Um, so I totally felt that. And um, I guess my question is, what are you doing next or what are you looking for next, j -Rest? Oh my gosh, Barack, I want to give you a big hug. I know. <laughs> I, uh, can we just join a company together, please? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> I am looking for positions in the people and culture or human resource space at like the director or senior director level. Um, I'm open to any kind of. Oh no, Jay Russ. No. The great value internet has struck again. <laughs> well, Maroc, I am so happy to meet you and welcome to the community. J Russ, you're back. Just hit that unmute button and I think we'll be able to hear you. 
or not, because you're gone now, it's fine. We're rolling. Hey, there are some of my friends on here who are in Philadelphia. So y'all go ahead and connect with her. Let's continue to build this community. You know, when you see people come up to the stage, when you see people in the audience, go ahead and hit that follow button. Please follow myself. Please follow J. Russ if you're not familiar with us. We are literally here trying to get someone employed. So J. Russ, you're back. Oh my goodness, y'all. Thanks for your patience. But uh, Rock, you were asking about positions and really like people, business partner positions, senior director of like employee engagement, head of people and culture. Those are the types of roles that I'm looking for. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for asking. That's so helpful. Well, that was going to be my final question, but my co-host has stolen the show. So thank you for that, (laughs) Mariah. I appreciate you so much. Oh, y'all, I forgot to tell you, there's an announcement about the Hilariously Unemployed. As you know, we're always accepting sponsors. But another thing that I did today, because I was hyper-focused, is I went ahead and set up the swag shop. Now, I won't have much. We got a few stickers and we got some keychains. But if you are interested in purchasing one of those and supporting the Hilariously Unemployed, you can visit my square shop which is speakupdana.square.site is also available in my linkedin profile and my link tree so if you want one i'll sell you one and then i'll ship it to you and you can hopefully my keychain will be the key to your next opportunity i don't know we're gonna try to spin it like that (laughs) i'm obsessed with that y'all and i also just need to say to anyone who has a connection with Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Dana on Dunkin'. Yeah. It's like legitimately in part of her name. Literally. So we get Dunkin' Donuts to sponsor her somehow. So. Facts. So whoever's got an intro, let's make it happen. Tell a friend, tell a friend. If anybody has a franchise, whatever, I'm willing to do commercials. I'm willing to do voiceover work, whatever it is. Literally, I run on Dunkin'. Emily, welcome to the stage. We'd love to hear from you. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Perfect. Um, so my name, my name is Emily. Um, I've been hilariously unemployed for what feels like way too long at this point. Mm. Um, I'm very blessed to be working a part-time job, but as far as a steady nine-to-five W-2 job, I'm still not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jay Russ, I really love what you said about mindset. Um, this is the first time I've been unemployed in my entire professional career. And that's something I've really been struggling with and something I'm really trying to be more aware of. Um, so I really appreciate you bringing that up. And my question for you, J. Russ, um, this might be something we can hopefully take offline, but as someone who um, also lives in the Triangle area, just like you, I would love the chance to hear even more tips, tricks, resources, commiseration, <laughs> anything specifically when it comes to navigating the job market um, in the Triangle area. Um, I obviously did my homework. I checked out your LinkedIn profile. Definitely excited to see we have quite a few mutual connections. Um, I've been on a few people and culture teams in the past, so We might have been involved in kind of similar types of work, but yeah, I would just love the chance to chat with you. Um, And I hate this phrase. I'm going to use it anyway, but maybe pick your HR brain a little bit more. (laughs) Emily, I would love that. Can you hear me? Yes. My internet is really wanting to be like the unemployment app today. Mm -hmm. J-Russ? We lost J-Russ again, folks. Uh, But Emily, I know that J Russ will absolutely um, do that. I feel like I'm over here making love connections. I am smiling so hard <laughs> when the community is communicating. Like, this is amazing. J Russ, you're back. Go ahead. 
I, yeah, I just so appreciate the opportunity to connect with new people. I, I, this is another mindset thing. This was a suggestion from a friend of mine named Chelsea. She suggested making a joy list. Mm. And one of the things on my joy list is like making new, like deep connections with people that I just met. And so the idea of talking about the weather or something like that is kind of boring, but the idea of like, oh, let's talk about meaningful work and what you're passionate about. Like, yeah. yes, I'll send you my calendar link. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, awesome. All right, Emily, you heard it. You are connected with Jay Russ. All right, folks, we have made it almost to the end of the show. What I want to share with you today is, if you didn't know, Emily and Stephanie and Maroc, uh, this LinkedIn Live audio actually gets turned into podcasts. So you will hear your voices on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. And I hope that that is okay with you. Welcome to the community. Uh, I typically put out the episodes over the weekend after they've been recorded, whenever I feel like it, because honestly, I'm tired. But <laughs> I always post about it here on LinkedIn. You can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Um, anywhere that you get your podcast subscriptions to the podcast really help the show to grow. So definitely subscribe. Give your girl a five-star review. That will help us to continue to grow and thrive. We here at the Hilariously Unemployed are always looking for sponsorships. So if you or your company is looking to sponsor an episode of the Hilariously Unemployed, please slide into my DMs. The doors are very open and welcoming to any sorts of coins. Don't forget to check out my swag shop that is now available. And Stephanie gave me great advice on her episode of the Hilariously Unemployed, which was to set up a link tree. So now I have my link tree, which is available in my LinkedIn bio. You can find the Hilariously Unemployed podcast there. You can find my my swag shop. You can book calendar time with me. There are so many things that I was able to put into that one place. So I'm grateful that Stephanie shared that tip with me. And audience, if you haven't done that, um, if you listen to that episode, go ahead and set aside some time to do it. Jay Russ, you are back. Do you have any final words for the people on this eighth episode of the Hilariously Unemployed? I'm thankful for my phone because... <laughs> <laughs> Something that I heard recently that I wanted to share is that people are going to match your energy. So like focus on your mindset, think about what you want. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Um, I've been blown away by the number of people. Like if I apply for a job, I'm not just going to apply. I'm going to try and reach out to whoever the hiring manager is, whoever the recruiter is, try and figure out um, who you can get a connection with. And people are really open to leveraging their networks if you have a specific ask. So um, that's something I'm working on. Hopefully I'll have a success story soon about it. Yeah. Um, but th that's a piece of advice that I think um, is really resonating with me is that, that people will match your energy. So, so bring it when you can, but take care of yourself when you can. Oh, thank you so much, Jay Russ. That is a great note for us to go ahead and end the show. We'll be back here next Friday at 3 p.m. with another amazing guest who is also hilariously unemployed. Please go back and listen to previous episodes. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Order from the swag shop. You name it. And whatever you do, keep your head up. It does get better, y'all. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye.